Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We are going to be discussing choices you can make before you even have a husband that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for a better marriage later. Adrian, can you tell us about our topic today? Okay, so you and the person you marry will both have a past that affects your future marriage, whether it's sexual sin, emotional wounds, debt, insecurities, or trauma, our experiences of our past can affect our relationships later. I'm so excited for today's podcast and our guest, Jessica Clark, to talk about dealing with each other's past. Jess is engaged to former bachelor, Ben Higgins. I really think we could have titled this podcast, What If Your Fiance Had a Past That Millions of People Knew About? (laughs) Okay, Kim, tell us more about Jess. Well, you are going to love Jess. Jessica went to Old Miss where she had significant life change. She grew tremendously in her faith and was involved with crew. She helped many other girls grow spiritually, and she had mentors investing in her life as well. But life took a really interesting turn when Ben Higgins pursued dating her, and all of a sudden she was thrust into the national spotlight. One of the qualities that I admire most about Jess is that she uses her new platform and her influence to serve and help others. She intentionally chooses to do good and to be open about her experiences so that it can help other young women, and we get to hear from her today. Jess, thank you so much for being with us. Of course. I'm so excited. This is so fun for me. Okay, Jess, back up. How do you and Kim know each other? How did you guys get connected? Okay, it actually, it's so funny that she brought up my platform and everything because it actually was through Instagram. So right when me and Ben kind of made our relationship public, which is about after about three or four months of dating, um, I was on his podcast and was kind of like introduced to the Bachelor world. And, um, the producer asked me a question about like, how do I not compare myself? And I was like, well, I mean, I do, but I read this book that one of my friends from college gave me. It was actually a girl that I was discipling in college, Joe. She gave me Kim's book and I read it. And, um, on the podcast, I like said the line, um, the, you have to remember what's true today. Like tell yourself what's true today. Don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Like it's today. And I said that on the podcast and then I got like a ton of messages on my Instagram. So I linked the book on my Instagram and someone that knew Kim messaged me and then told Kim and then we got connected and it's just been a friendship ever since. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. And we got to meet in person about a year ago when she came to Mesa And we had a chance to meet in person and have lunch together. And it just has been a real delightful friendship. And Jess and I have been meeting every few weeks. We've been talking through just some premarital type of things and praying together and studying the Bible together. And it's been really fun. I'm so thankful for our relationship right now. It's been such a blessing. 
Yes, I've enjoyed it too, Jess, and I'm so glad that you're here today. You know, it's just really interesting because, I mean, I have to confess, like in the book that I wrote, I actually mentioned something about The Bachelor, that The Bachelor only had like a 5% success rate. (laughs) So it's just really fun that things kind of just kind of came full circle, and here you are, and here we are talking about Ben and your relationship, and I'm excited to talk about some of these things today. So Jess, you're engaged to a reality TV star. If you wanted, you clearly have access to a database of all his episodes of his past relationships. And you've shared with me that you've chosen not to watch those. Can you share why that you've chosen not to watch? Well, I mean, already it's kind of unnatural, like The Bachelor, just the way that it works. But then coming in from the outside, like, you know about your significant other's pasts. Like, you talk about who they've dated. You talk about their mistakes, their successes. Um, That's very normal. What's not normal is to watch it unfold. And um, I actually, when I was on Ben's podcast, I accidentally, I didn't even mean to, but we had to watch an episode of The Bachelor and they showed... Um, a flashback of like previous bachelors and one of them was him and it was him talking to one of the girls um, that he I think was about to choose or you know it was like the one of the last ones and um, I kind of watched him like look at her and say things to her that he said to me and it like broke me so that was kind of like okay I know that this is a boundary that I have to put up like I can't watch this because then I'm going to be putting things on him that don't deserve to be on him because this is before he even knew I existed. So why would I hold that over him or why would I allow that to make me feel insecure when that's something that is so separate from me and all it will do is hurt me. Um, so it was kind of something I had wanted to do. And then when that happened, I was like, no, I definitely do not need to watch this. Jess, as you're sharing that, I just think of this verse when it talks about um, in Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, those are the things that you should be thinking about. You shouldn't be thinking about what happened before or um, what drama was involved there and how it's going to make you feel today. And similar to what you were sharing about reading in Kim's book, like what what is true right now? And so I love that you mentioned just guarding your heart in that way of, hey, that wouldn't be beneficial for me to look back and see and watch and let my fiance's relationships unfold before my eyes. Like that's just not healthy. And that's not what's true right now. And so I'm so glad that you set up that boundary. Yeah, I agree, Jess. I think that I love the way you say that it's just not natural, you know, to watch someone um, on TV (laughs) interact with other people. And so I just think that's super healthy. And I think that's a good choice that's going to really benefit your continue to benefit in your relationship. And, you know, I I recently finished Ben's book and it's called Alone in Plain Sight, Searching for Connection. And I enjoyed, because I've been able to get to know you, Jess, but this gave me an opportunity to really get to know Ben's heart. I, I usually, you know, haven't watched The Bachelor, but the one season I did watch was Ben's season. And so I've enjoyed just really being able to get to know his heart. And one of the things that he talks about in the book is that his past relationships and the mistakes that he's made 
really helped prepare him for you. And I just love how he really honored you in the book. And, you know, speaking of the book, too, I want to emphasize this also. You know, Ben could have written a tell-all book that would have just flown off the shelves, but it would have hurt relationships and hurt other people. and But instead, he chose to write a book that was very vulnerable about just his experiences as a reality star, his failures in relationships. But his whole purpose of the book was to encourage people to build stronger relationships and to get reconnected to themselves, to others, and to God. And I really respect that. Yeah. It's one of the things that I'm most proud of is, yeah, when he got offered a book deal, it could have been anything he wanted it to be. And this is what he wanted it to be. And um, every time I read it, I'm like, man, I, I can't imagine being that vulnerable. And I can't imagine how many people are reading this book and being like, that's me too. And I can't believe that someone that has a million followers on Instagram or was on The Bachelor or was The Bachelor has felt this way before, because that's like the most seen you can possibly be. And yet, Sometimes he still doesn't feel that way. And it's such a great reminder of we genuinely do not know what's going on behind the scenes with people that choose to put their lives in the spotlight. And you just have to love people exactly the same way. There's like no way around it. Um, so that was a tangent, but I I just think his book is wonderful. I'm I'm so proud of him, obviously, but... You know, Jess, was it ever hard even just reading his book? Just, you know, he he spoke very well of other people in the book. And again, he could have slammed people and done different things. And there was one part in his book where he talks about how, you know, the breakup that he experienced was very, very public. And you don't think about that, but it's like everybody had an opinion and it was continually you know, he was continually faced with that. And I don't know if we, any of us really realize what it would be like to have former relationships, you know, posted on TV for everyone to be able to see. But sorry, back to my question, though, is was it hard for you at all to read the book? Just as we talk about discussing each other's pasts, was was there any points that was really difficult for you? Um, Honestly, reading the book, it it wasn't as hard as like when we actually talked about it, like none of the things in the book were things that he hadn't told me before. And it was harder to hear it from him because we talked about it pretty early on in our relationship. And it also like, as soon as we kind of announced that we were dating, I was getting like more compared to his past relationships, like in the beginning, but I don't get those comparisons so much anymore. I mean, it's been, you know, two years since we've been dating, his exes are all very happy and um, in other relationships. And so I think that, you know, Bachelor Nation has that closure. Um, and so anyways, yeah, the beginning was hard and hearing it from him was hard. But reading it in the book, I think he did a really wonderful job with kind of just saying, you know, what happened, how he was feeling and, um, yeah, kind of helping people to understand that even though you do choose to put yourself in the spotlight, like you, you don't do that and then expect for hard things to happen, I guess, if that makes sense. And for like 
the negative commentary that's coming your way when you're all already not feeling good. Um, I don't think that's something that anyone prepares for or anticipates. And um, so I think that him kind of writing it was really brave. And I hope it also kind of showed some like internet warriors, like kind of be careful about what you're typing to people because they're, they're not already down. So don't, you know, kick someone when they're down, but. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jess. I know that's got to be so challenging. And I just remember, I don't know why I thought this, but it was just what I thought at the time. I remember being younger and in relationships and just thinking, I have to know everything about like what this guy is thinking and everything about his past. And now being married and looking back, I go, that is just not healthy at all. And so I'm sure many of our listeners are thinking that, thinking, man, if I share everything with a guy and if I know everything about a guy too, that will help us have an open and more intimate relationship. So how has it benefited you in the opposite in, you know, not knowing everything about someone's past? How has it benefited you? Um, how has it benefited your relationship to guard against oversharing or in your case, overwatching? I think I know everything that I need to know. And kind of beyond that, it gets into this place where you can start to, to play score or to hold like a score against one another. So, um, you know, if I told Ben about every single boy I wanted to date with and like every single thing that I did before I met him, then like he could start to to hold things over me or to say like, you know, you didn't handle this situation well or whatever. And in the same way, like I could start to do that to him and I could be like, well, I see what this girl looks like on Instagram. Like, is that what you like? Or, you know, something like that. And it's like, it's, it's just unnecessary. Um, all it does is kind of put you against the other person or play this comparison game that no one's ever going to win. Um, my dad actually told me like his best advice in relationships is do not hold score. Like don't say because you went on this golf trip, I get to go on this girl's trip, but happily just support your significant other in whatever they are doing, whether it is, you know, the past decisions they've made, the future ones they're going to make, as long as it doesn't like disrupt your relationship, then there's no reason to kind of put one thing against the other. So um, like I said, I know everything that I need to know and I know it from him. And I, so I know like, I trust Ben more than I trust anyone else. So when he tells me what happened, like that's what happened and that's what's true to him. And I don't really need to go digging and to see what was true for other people or any of those things. Um, I think it just comes back to like trusting your partner and, and knowing that like Ben's goal is never to hurt me. His goal is not to make me feel bad about myself. In fact, it's the complete opposite. His goal is to make me feel so loved and so cared for and so beautiful all the time. And um, I should hold on to that and not look for things that will make me the victim or make me look better or make him look better or any of those things. Um, so I think when you are approaching these conversations with your significant other, you just have to trust them that they're telling you what you need to know. And it's, it's just having, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep saying trust, but it really is just trusting. Like they're not going to, if they love you, their goal isn't to make you feel badly and it's not to sugarcoat things, but it is to tell you what you need to know. And we've had really hard conversations and conversations that have like, 
made me feel insecure or sad, but at the end of them, like those, those feelings are always gone because there's the assurance of, but, but you are so much more or our relationship is so much different or something like that. I think what you said, Jess, is just so important about really building trust with the person that you are dating, that you can trust that person, that you don't have to go digging and try to find other people and like what their opinions on the situation were. Like if someone is following Christ, if someone is, you know, being mentored in their faith, like this person is walking with God, I can trust them. They're not going to be perfect. They're not Jesus. They're not God. But man, I can trust them at least on a human level that they do know um, what's best for me and love me, like you just said. But I think a question so many of our listeners have asked, or at least asked Kim and I this at different times, at what point do you tell your boyfriend or your fiance about your past? Is it ever beneficial. And Kim, I want to get your thoughts on this too, but you know, whether it's debt or abuse or um, maybe something else going on, is there ever a beneficial time to talk about that? Well, I, you know, it's just a tricky question. You know, I wish there was like a, an automatic formula and Jess, you know, you can share your thoughts on this too, but like I had a past and I was nervous about sharing it with Sean when we were dating and you know it I Sean and I ended up landing in the camp of kind of um less is best so like when we had the conversation I basically he he initiated the conversation about his past and so then that kind of triggered me to share about mine. And basically I'd said, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to share the details, but you know, I, I'm a different person now. Um, you know, second Corinthians five seventeen. you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And I, you know, I, I'm a different person now, but I do want you to know that, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and, he admitted, you know, that he had made mistakes. And we kind of left it very, very vague about um, specifics. And I'm really glad that we we did it that way. That worked really well for us because, you know, I met past girlfriends. He met past boyfriends. We, you know, so it just, when you get a picture in your mind, that can be damaging, I think, to a relationship, you know. And so I think it's very important to think through what's beneficial for that person. I think of the verse in Ephesians 4.29, and it's talking about not letting unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but there's also this aspect that we do that because we're thinking of the other person, what's beneficial for that other person, what's beneficial for our relationship. And uh, so I think less is, is best, but I say that, and there are other couples who've been very open about their pasts. And um, so I think it, it depends on your situation. And I think the key for that is to have a mentor in your life of someone that you can seek counsel from that can kind of help you know how much to share. And, and also trusting, like Jess said, you know, trusting that other person to share what they feel like is really needed in the relationship to share and to know. Um, you know, 
yeah, I'll just I'll just stop right there. Jess, do you have anything that you would like to add? Just no, I mean, I think you're exactly right. I think it is. It's definitely different for other cup. Like, I think every single situation is different. Also, like I probably needed to hear a little bit more about Ben's past than most people did because because of the ability to look for it. So if there was something that I was wanting to know that he didn't share with me, I would end up looking for it on the internet or asking someone from The Bachelor or something like that. And I would get a version that wasn't either wasn't true or wasn't Ben's. And either way, it's not it it would have it wouldn't have been good. So like for us, I needed all the information I could get from him that I felt comfortable asking. And he kind of when we had the conversation, it was like, ask me whatever you want. I'll tell you. So I kind of had my questions. I asked them and he answered them. And um, he, I don't think he knows, like, we don't talk about my dating as much because my dating was never as like serious as his dating. Like I just kind of went on like one-off dates a lot. And like, so I'll have like funny stories or things to share, or we'll see someone that I went on a date with one time or, you know, something like that, but it's very different. So like, he doesn't know as much about like my dating history, but the past that I was nervous to share with him about was more like my body image, my eating disorder. Like that was the past that I had to share with him. And um, so I think it's like different for everybody. And each topic is different for everybody too. Like um, some listeners may have never been on a date before, but their significant other might've been engaged before. And so you're going to have very different things to share about your past and you kind of have to give the, you know, the opening, like, do you, what do you want to know? Like, what is too much for you to hear kind of thing? Um, and it sounds like that's what you and Sean did. And, um, I think that's like a perfect, a great way to go about it. Yeah, that's so good. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned kind of your past too. And I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, but you know, and you've shared with me, and we might need to have you on another podcast to talk a little bit more about this, if you wouldn't mind. But, but you did. You dealt with body image, and um, and that really um, was a key turning point in your college experience that really drew you closer to God. Can you share a little bit about that? And you know, at what point did you bring that up with? been and how did you handle you know sharing just your past that you felt like needed to be shared I'll go into the story briefly and obviously I can always come back and talk about this I can talk about this for forever but I was a competitive athlete in college and had kind of developed a really unhealthy relationship with food that led to an eating disorder that um, ended up having me be diagnosed with osteoporosis when I was 20. So I had really brittle bones. I was looking really sickly. Um, I just wasn't, it, it wasn't good. And I had a very unhealthy relationship with my body. So I quit track and that kind of like started this journey of listening to my body, having a good relationship with it and having a good relationship with food was really, really hard for me. I mean, seriously, up until probably two years ago. Like it has been an ongoing thing. It's been like a 10 year battle. Um, and so when I, the first time I flew out to meet Ben, um, we had a really, really long lunch. And after lunch, I kind of just shared with him. I was like, this isn't 
easy for me to talk about, but you know, this was the first meal that we shared together. And I just need to tell you that food is something that's hard for me and kind of go into it. And, you know, like it, there's some language, like I, I went and saw, I went to counseling, I went to a therapist for this. I went through a recovery stage and I do have triggers. And so I think I just need to share those with you so that like we can continue to go and have meals together and it be fun and it not be something that like triggers me or, or, um, you accidentally say something that like makes me go back to a place. And that sounds like a selfish conversation, but I think everyone has some triggers like that where like, if I, there are certain things that if I say to Ben, it takes him back to this feeling of rejection, um, that he talks about. And so, you know, I think it is healthy to bring up your pasts once you're at a point where you're like, oh no, like we're going to go on a lot more dates. And there are things that you could say that would really hurt me and you wouldn't even mean to. And so I need for you to kind of know about this so that we don't get into some unnecessary argument or so I don't shut down on you for a reason that you don't understand. It kind of goes back to this like open communication of um, kind of owning your past at the same time and saying like, I did go through this and I know exactly how to handle it. And I need for you to know that too, so that we can both move forward and it not hinder us and hurt our relationship, but actually kind of make us stronger together. And I really think that Ben has become an integral part in food kind of losing its hold on me because like going on dates with him and like sharing a meal with him is so fun that it makes it makes it fun. It doesn't make it feel like something that I have to track all the time or, you know, it's just those unhealthy things that can happen. Um, and a lot of that is because I've shared with him how I need it to be fun. And he is so good at making that happen. So um, I think you, as soon as you feel comfortable or as soon as you feel like it's necessary in your relationship, like go ahead and share your past. And if it's a deal breaker for that person, they're not your person anyways. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm about like the earlier, the better, because if they're not for you, you need to know quicker. So you don't waste each other's time. Like that's kind of always been my dating philosophy. Like I'd rather shut it down after one date than go on four or five more dates with you. And all of a sudden be like, oh no, like this is not going to work because then you, you know, you're going to end up hurting the other person a lot more when they get to know you more. So I don't know. That's my philosophy. It might not work for everybody, but I'm, I'm also a pretty open book in general. So, um, I've always been more like, let's just get this stuff out of the way. I'm not like a small talk kind of person. So I just, I think in dating it, it, it's jarring sometimes to be that open with people, but it also can lead to really healthy relationships at the same time. Do you think, um, and I appreciate you sharing that, Jess, because that does show, you know, sometimes it's better to not, um, you know, sometimes it's good to share more. Sometimes it's good to share less. But like in in your situation, I mean, do you feel like sometimes you can share like early in the relationship as, as something that's a very important thing to you, but maybe not share every intricate detail? You know, like if if I had de- kind of done it more maybe like you and Ben did where in Sean and I's relationship to say, Hey, you know, just so that, you know, I, I have a past and, you know, I'm willing to talk about it, you know, um, but that's just a part of who I am. And, uh, but it's my past. So I'm, I've kind of moved on, but just to let you know, 
you know, something like that. Just very vague, but just is not escaping the issue or whatever. Um, so anyway, that just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. I remember a similar conversation Dave and I had. We started going on a dates. We started going on dates a few weeks after I wrapped up like a six weeks counseling course. And so I remember him being like, well, if you want to like share, what were you in counseling for? And then, you know, I just mentioned a few brief things, but I didn't go into like every single thing me and my counselor talked about, but I could just introduce, hey, I was working through some really hard stuff going on in my life just with identity and whether that was like in work and what was going on in my past. And I just wasn't ready to share all that with Dave because I was, you know, still kind of processing all that was going on. But it was cool because it gave me an introductory point to still continue talking about it. And so, you know, on a few dates later, I'm like, you know, what we just talked about reminded me something I like got to talk about in counseling. You know, I could just share these like little nuggets over time. And then now that we're married, he knows so much more about what that was actually like. But I kind of got to just take some steps and being vulnerable and opening up about that. Okay, I have another question um, that I think Uh, our listeners might be wondering is, you know, if you're in this process of healing, um, a lot of girls ask me, at what point is it okay to date? You know, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but like, say you're in counseling or say you're going through uh, therapy, like what you went through, say I, you know, broke up, broke off an engagement, you know, at what point is it healthy to start pursuing relationships again if you're in kind of a healing phase? Do you have any thoughts that you could add, Jess? I mean, I think it's, it, there's not like a stamp. Like I wouldn't say like, as soon as you're done with therapy, you're ready to go. Or like, when, when do I feel like I can go on a date with someone, really enjoy it, not be self-conscious and not like go home and cry afterwards kind of thing. Like when am I, when, when is that point? And it might be, I mean, it might be two weeks after your breakup for some people because that person wasn't your person and you recognize that. So you feel like you can go on dates. It might be two years later. Um, you know, you really, I, I just think it's so different and you just have to know yourself. And, um, I think that's making sure that you're spending quiet time with the Lord, spending quiet time with yourself. I have like three or four journals from the year that I went through therapy. And it just is every single thing I was feeling every single day. And that kind of helped because there was a point where it was like all day today, I didn't think one time about what I was eating or I never planned my next meal. And like, that was like a very triumphant entry. And from there, it was kind of like, okay, we're on the up, you know? And I just, I think that you, everyone will have those moments after they're healing from a relationship or whatever it might be. And it's just going to be different for everyone. So don't compare your timeline to someone else's and don't let someone else be like, it's been a year, like suck it up, you know, just pay attention to yourself. I think that's so much too when like a mentor, like a good friend, someone you respect their spiritual life, that they can come in and someone that knows what you're going through. And if, you know, you get asked out on a date, you go back to that mentor and say, hey, I got asked on a date. I think I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. What do you think? Do you think I should go on this date? And, you know, let that mentor speak into your life um, and see, you know, what they say and make that decision with somebody else too. Yeah. Maybe something I would recommend. Yeah, that's good. Well, Jess, um, you know, I, if I can just kind of continue this discussion, um, it came out in Cosmo 
um, People and Us magazine. It seemed like it came out of every magazine. I can only imagine what that must be like to, you know, you make a decision and then all of a sudden it's public information. But but you and Ben have chosen not to sleep together and live together before you're married. Could you, you know, kind of share, I mean, that for our listeners, I'm sure they're kind of like, oh, because that, that typically is not what happens, what you see on The Bachelor. Can you share a little bit about why um, you guys have chosen to do things a little differently? Would you be willing to share a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's multifaceted. So it's not like, uh, it's not a product of the purity movement or something like that. It's a product of my parents' stories that they've shared with me from their past. Um, both of my parents have some hard, um, sexual pasts and they shared them with me when it was time for me to make the decision of how am I going to use my body as I'm dating. And, um, so I kind of made that decision just based off of that. And then when Ben and I started dating, I kind of shared with him that I had made that decision and he was so supportive in that. And it actually was a way almost of, um, it was kind of like an added security for me of like, he really cares about me. Like in all of the ways that I can be insecure in this relationship, I genuinely can't be because he is so respectful and so caring of me and getting to know me and not worrying about, you know, all of the other physical components of a relationship right off the bat. Um, so I think that it made me feel more comfortable with him in general. And then from there, it's just been like, I'm, we're just going to respect this and we're going to honor this. And, um, I've talked to so many people that are like, the Lord's going to really bless y'all's relationship. And if you're putting in this much work to your sex life now, just wait until you actually are married. You're going to put in even more effort into making each other so satisfied and happy. And that's kind of been something that we're holding on to right now in this season because we didn't think we we're going to be engaged for this long. But yeah, we it, it also kind of showed, proved to me how much of a leader Ben is in our relationship and how he's going to continue to be one, you know, as we get married, as we have kids, he is just this um, quiet leader. And that's something that I've always looked for in a partner. So we're, we're making it work. We have a lot of support around us, a lot of accountability. So um, yeah, we're just, we're honoring that. Well, I'm just really proud of you guys. I really am. And I, I think that really empowers a lot of young couples because there is just such a pressure out there now. It's like, it's kind of like it's the expected thing. So I appreciate you being open to share just kind of your the insight why you guys have chosen not to. Um, I think that'll help empower a lot of other uh, young women to know that um, they can wait and that it's a good thing and it's an okay thing and that God will bless those decisions. Um, well, Jess, there are so many other things we could talk about, but we really are running out of time. And uh, But we are just so glad that you are here. Are there any? Is there any last-minute thing that maybe we didn't talk about that you would really like just to leave our listeners with or any thoughts that you just felt like you wanted to share and haven't had an opportunity to do? Um, I think the final thing I'll say, and I think it's kind of been in every conversation that we've had so far is 
Just remember that it's not worth it to compare yourself to others in your journey with yourself and your journey with your significant other and what other people are doing in relationships. It's just not worth it to play this comparison game. And I think that it's so common right now, especially for women. And it's also really hard not to, but I can promise that your journey and your relationship will be so much sweeter if you're able to just focus on you. Um, And I feel like that was kind of a recurring theme today. So I just wanted to reiterate it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So Jess, if if our listeners would like to keep up with you and your engagement and your marriage, what's the best way that they can keep up with you? Right now, my Instagram, which is at JessClark underscore. And um, I also am just starting a lot right now. It's very busy. So I'm sure there'll be other avenues as well. But that's the main place. All right. Awesome. And if you'll keep up with me on Instagram, I'm going to be um, highlighting some things this week, um, some initiatives that Jessica is doing um, that you might be interested in learning more about. Jess, we love to leave our listeners with just a few application steps, things that they can do after they listen to this podcast to set them up for a future marriage later. What are some things you would recommend in dealing with things from your past? Um, I think one of the biggest things for me was having mentors all along the way. Right now it's Kim and I'm so appreciative. And also having therapy, going through therapy was really big for me. And therapy doesn't have to be a shameful thing. You don't have to have some serious issue. But just if you're feeling like you can't come to terms with your past or you just need a third party, a therapist is a really, really awesome resource. And um, so that's something that I would do. Oh, those are great steps. And uh, I think we all, you know, we all, at whatever point in our lives, we all need people speaking truth into our lives, you know, to help us to kind of see situations from a different perspective. And also, we all just need counseling at some point in our lives, I think. Um, so I appreciate you sharing those. I think those are two good steps um, to really get to a healthy point. So anyway, thank you, Jess, for joining us in this conversation today. I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness and your desire to help other young women make better choices so that they can really flourish in their single years and also um, have the type of marriage that they really long for. So thank you for your time. Adrian, thank you so much for being with us and for helping keep us on track. I always like doing this with you. And Logan, thank you for all your work. This was your this podcast was your idea and you make it happen. And we are very, very grateful for you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and we have so much more to talk about. So I hope you'll tune in again next week. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.